Welcome to episode 23 of the Switch Mania Playcast. Should be a fun one tonight. Um, as expected, by the way, JP disappeared on us. So, in his wake, um, I have decided to put out some feelers to the Switch collector community. And I had a bunch of people say they're interested in coming and joining. And today... I actually have a podcaster with me because I was like asking, like, hey, did any of you guys like record anything? Like, what do y'all do? And just to see how we all flow, and I'll let like listeners and backers decide um, who they like the best. But um, go ahead and introduce yourselves to the folks. Hello, everybody. My name is Barry. I am actually uh, part of the NintendoFuse.com crew and part of the podcast there. Uh, I've done several other podcasts as guests as well. And Honestly, it's just an honor to uh, to be here tonight. It's sad that JP couldn't be here, but uh, hopefully I'm a suitable replacement. Yeah, I, I don't think JP could pull himself away from all these giveaways he keeps doing. It's like <laughs> it's like it's a classic because he's like initially he's like I don't want to be known as the giveaway guy, and it's like, dude, you have like seven going on right now. Like <laughs> my Twitter is just nothing but his giveaways, and I'm like, how many? Oh my God, how many? You just did a Facebook now? What? <laughs> like, do you have anything left, man? Do you have anything left? <laughs> it's a classic, and yeah. So the funny thing was, Barry was like, "Come on today," and he's like, "Has this video going?" I'm like, "Dude, no, no, bring, bring it back. We're old school here. We, we do audio for the peeps." And then, yeah, I, I like to just be uncapped and, and crazy, and we just talk Switch. It's the best. You know what? It's it's actually kind of nice and refreshing because when you do when you do a video podcast, um, you're always there. And especially with Skype, you're always like center stage. So like if you have an itch, people see you itch. If you need to take a drink, people see you take a drink. And normally that's not a big deal, but it's almost like you're on the spotlight like the whole time. So it's kind of nice to be, hey, wait a second, I could take a drink and not have people stare at me going, ooh, what kind of water is that? You know? <laughs> I mean, depending on the, the time that we record the podcast, we might be taking lots of drinks. But you never know. <laughs> yeah. Never know. <laughs> so, um... At the beginning of every episode, we do a little bit of feedback and from the previous episodes. And in episode 22, I did like a quick, like, hey, we're not gone update. <laughs> and I had a lot of positive feedback from that, just from the uh, the Facebook and online and Twitter community and everything saying, please, please put out something, even if, you know, JP can't be on there. And, you know, talking with JP is like, hey, man, I'm, we're going to have to drive on for a while. And hopefully he'll be able to come on every once in a while. Um, but the show must go on, and I got lots to talk about. I already told Barry, I'm like, I got some stories about this daggone Switch book that I've been working on. It pissed me off yesterday, so it'll be, f- <laughs> it'll be fun. Um, so that being said, though, the Switch Collector Volume 1 is for sale. Uh, if you go to switchopedia.com, it no longer goes to the Kickstarter page. It goes to the pre-order page in the Hagen's Alley Bookstore. So it goes straight there. As we mentioned on multiple episodes, uh, the book is no longer available for the extra bonus items that were with the Kickstarter, like the physical items. So you can no longer get the cartridge box or the Switch case. All of that was limited to the the campaign for those that were helping us get funded and supported. Um, Those that did back can upgrade, though. And that's what part of the survey was. Um, I've had lots of people, onesies and twosies, Barry hit me up. And they're like, hey, how do I pay? How do I, what, what do I send for this? I'm like, I will send out emails. <laughs> so <laughs> I, have, Patience. I have over a hundred to send out for emails. And 
one of the things I don't know if I mentioned it on the last episode on episode 22 but um I'm doing a partnership with a certain website and we're going to be doing the switch the switch collector the limited edition slipcase that I was going to do as a stretch goal um, but we're going to do it for the cost of what it's going to cost to print the, the slipcase over the book. So instead of 40 bucks, it's going to be 60 bucks for, for that version on that website. Um, it is a very well-known website. <laughs> I will tell you that. So backers will no doubt see it. So in the survey, I asked, hey, you backed this. Do you want to add $20 to get the slipcase that's going to be limited to said website? But backers obviously get dips too. So, just so everybody knows, anything that goes on with the Switch Collector, anybody who supports it gets an opportunity, because that's only fair, right? Agreed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, uh, I, I did see that. I did see that, and I, I personally, I opted against it. I didn't take the extra $20, but I think that's I think that's great to give people that option, especially I've seen so many Kickstarters out there where they're like, oh, here's this exclusive stuff, and then they see it on another site or even cheaper. Like there's so many games I've even backed where it's like $60 for the physical copy. And then it's like, Oh, here it is on Amazon now for 30 bucks. And it's like, wait a minute, I paid 60. Like you don't want the people who are going to give you the money, who are going to give you, you know, the support to feel screwed. You want them to feel like they're getting something. You want them to feel appreciated. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we could talk battle princess Madeline if you want, <laughs> and like, like, like go down the rabbit hole. Cause I actually talked about that. I want to say I talked w- with the interview I did with Xander Scullion last week where basically we backed it and then they had a switch version and they wouldn't let us switch over to the switch version. And we still don't have the PS4 version. And now there's a second switch version. <laughs> and it still would have the backer one that we did that helped. See, actually, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because uh, on on Nintendo Fuse's uh, YouTube, we have a show called Industry Talk that I run, uh, where I sit and I actually talk with different people in the industry, developers, publishers, and, and composers, whatever. Anyone who wants to to talk, I listen. And I sat down with Chris. And we have an episode where I I sat and talked with Chris. And I uh, Chris, by the way, is the one who who does Battle Princess Madeline. His, and I'm actually good friends with him. He's the one whose daughter is is. Yeah, Madeline. he's Madeline. Yeah, he's yeah. Casual Bit Games. I'm a friend with him. I talk with him. Uh, multiple times a week Good. <laughs> so i actually poke know poke. the story poke about bear, that poke poke. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is though is that like what i mentioned with xander was i was like he should have just offered an upcharge be like hey yeah you can order it or on the website or order it through me but i can't do a one-for-one exchange he just said he just responded to me he's like nope and i was like man that's messed I, up i think, <laughs> like, I think oh. that's because of limited run i think it's through limited run because no, um it was the initial <laughs> japanese release one that i oh that one yeah he said well it's a different person i'm like i don't care i'll like just buy it through you i mean i don't want to um, support the other website like the japanese release he he got himself screwed over with the japanese release he 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 <laughs> shouldn't have done the deal he did he regrets the deal he did and because of that deal um you can't have the the physical regular version of battle princess madeline in the states it's it's exclusive to japan Gross. and so he he really doesn't have control over it and he regrets that decision um but you know what when when people make a game especially their first game or the second game like it is growing pains people make mistakes and and i i expressed that to him i'm like oh man i'd love in a english version of battle princess madeline um you know physical 
I do have the the Japanese one as well, yeah. and I'm, I'm a Kickstarter backer. And he uh, he said, you know, I, I can't talk about it right now, but don't, something's coming. <laughs> and yeah. then we talked afterwards, and I found out all about the new the new version and, and what it entails, and I'm so excited for it. I have like, been a huge advocate of the the uh, Kickstarter, uh, not the Kickstarter, but the limited run games version because. I like that he's doing his own director's cut and, you know, it's his own version, but it also gets him around that Japanese thing that he's stuck with too, obviously. If he's stuck in a in a hard thing, well, if he redesigns the game from the ground up or, you know, does his own arcade version, um, number one, it's going to be a new experience, which will be fun. Number two, it allows him to distribute in the U.S. So I think that's a win-win. It's a win-win plus, I mean, if you think about it, the game was made for his daughter. It was made to put his daughter in a game to show her that, you know what, you can be a hero too. And I think that's, I saw that Kickstarter message, I was tearing up. I'm like, oh my God, like I am back in this, even if it's digital only, just because I love the message it's given. And thankfully it wasn't. And I, I did get the PS4 uh, limited uh, through Kickstarter. <laughs> I didn't get it yet, but but I supported it. But when I was talking with him, the stories I heard about the horrors of going through Kickstarter with that game and how much it changed the original version and the vision that he had. I'm so happy he's getting a chance to go back and make the game he wanted. I mean, it would be the equivalent of if you were making Mario 3 and by the end of the Kickstarter, you were putting up Mario 2. Now, there's nothing wrong with Mario 2. Mario 2 is still a great game, but that's not the same game that's as you originally Mario envisioned. <laughs> it's not. So then you got to go back and say, oh, now, now I'm doing Mario 3. So, so as gamers, we actually get the benefit because we get both versions of the game. We get Mario yeah. 2 and 3. Why not both? I, I just <laughs> I think it's funny that people are like, well, can you put both on there? And it's like, well, that's not how it works when you're programming a game. You can't just arbitrarily throw both on there. Um, unless the game's so tiny that you could possibly do a double game release or something. But again, he's stuck in that Japanese deal. So yeah. that, that That's what screwed him over. That's and it's unfortunate. But I do. I, I've told people. Like I've seen people on social media. They're like, "Oh, this is screwed me over." And why is this different version? This is screwy. And I'm trying to tell people, like, "Look, don't, don't your your anger is misdirected. Like, talk to this guy. Listen to this guy. Listen to him tell his story, and you'll understand. Like, there's a reason behind it. You're not trying to get screwed over. Trust me. <laughs> I, I think we need to get Chris on the uh, the Switch Mania playcast here as an interview in the future. You know what? I, maybe that we can make that happen. I have to make that happen, and because I'll ask crazy questions, but like we'll we'll set this, you know, set the record straight too, because because one thing I want to do is we continue down the housekeeping. Because as I said, if we don't get sidetracked, we can keep her under an hour. <laughs> um, <laughs> is now we're over we're over a hundred and fifty six ratings on Apple Apple Podcasts alone. And we're not just on Apple Podcasts. We're at 165 now. That's ridiculous. Oh, my God, people. You guys are all awesome listeners. Thank you very much. Uh, th- it seems like we got a couple more since last week when I did my individual recording because I was like, yeah, the time, G- the last time JP and I recorded, we were at, like, 40 and we were blown away. And I'm like, we're over 164. <laughs> like, what? what the heck? <laughs> that awesome. Hey, that's great. That's awesome. And it just shows the, the, the love people have for the Switch. Um, super. <laughs> My wallet hates it, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. So that is one thing we can absolutely talk about because we're going to eventually cover Zelda Link Link's Awakening. However, 
Um, if you've ever listened to the Switch Mini Playcast, we usually talk about that for maybe half the time, but the rest of the time we're talking about collecting. <laughs> this is a collector's podcast. I mean, and so tell everybody, like, how do you collect for the Switch? Since everybody knows I collect, like, <laughs> the games I know I love, I don't buy everything, so I'm not sitting here buying all the shovelware, like, farming simulators and all that stuff that I'm not personally interested in. Like, a farmer... Or somebody that grew up like rural might like it, but that's not for me. Um, however, I just jokingly told my wife the other day because I posted a picture of like how I have my collection set up, where it's like first party Nintendo and then third party games and then limited run side and Japanese games and Europe games, and then I have like a Plage exclusives and a Nicholas like subsets. And I'm looking over in that subset side, and I'm like, I have two more full rows bigger than the other than a whole nother cube and i'm like that's just since i set that up like a month ago and i'm like because because like on episode 22 i had over 20 new games like since we recorded like this place is it's the switch is crazy so how <laughs> do you over 20 new games how do you the past play? two weeks yeah how do i collect all right so so i'm not jp no and i'm not JP. you i'm in i'm in between <laughs> uh. jp is crazy for me, <laughs> here's how I collect. Here's how I collect. Like, I I have a few uh, full sets, and there's an allure of four full sets. And when the Switch was announced, I said to my wife, I said, you know what? This could go one of two ways. This is going to go either, you know, Wii U, N64, GameCube, smaller sets, or this is going to go Wii, bigger sets. And I'm one of those crazy people out there that has a full Wii set. And yes, that includes Just Dance 2020 that just came out this week. Um, yep. So I'm, I'm no stranger to big sets. Uh, so I'm like, I'm going to go for a full set. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be as big as it is, but I'm still keeping with that. And I've actually expanded. So I, I'm doing a full north american set because that's where i'm located but i'm also doing a full english speaking set so if a game is a european only release or a you know asian release i will get those except if it comes out in both regions so the switch collector basically is what i'm doing (laughs) so but but if it uh if it comes out in both and and that's one thing i've i've harped on jp in fact a lot of times if you see his posts he'll actually tag me and say this is getting a u.s release yeah because i would constantly ask him because i would he would be like oh this game's coming out in english and i'd get it and then like a month or two later oh, here I, it I is in english like, him for oh that my god. Like, oh my god jp you just spent man, my money man i gotta get rid of this other copy yeah so no, I, uh, <laughs> I can't stand that because i'm like you where i default to the region I live in, America. So I want the NTSC version, even though they're technically the damn same. Um, I still want it all to look yep. the same on my collection, um, on my shelf. And so you say it's it's at the Wii level. I think the Switch is going to be closer to the PS2 level. Well, well, yes. I was I was mainly going with any with uh, Nintendo consoles, but yeah. yes, I do think it's, I at this point there's over almost 600 games or something physical at this point. I, I'm jokingly um, telling people that we're not even done with year three and English speaking, it's surpassed the NES library. I, I will let me look. Uh, right now, I've got what? No, 627 catalog 627. games for Switch. So yeah, once we get over <laughs> 768, it's like really. Like we're getting there quick and yeah. in a hurry. When we get twenty games in a in two weeks, it's like, yeah, like last like two weeks ago we had like six games, and last week we had like ten games or twelve games, and this week we've got like twelve games, and it's like, oh my god, like it's, it's I'm surprised my wife me. hasn't killed me yet. It's dangerous um, for me because I don't buy everything at launch. <laughs> 
I don't buy everything at release, so it's like I'm sitting here like picking up games that came out year one, and it's like my wife's like, well, you don't have that? I'm like, no, I haven't buy it, and I'm getting it for like twenty bucks, or you know, I'm I'm getting them cheap, but I'm like, but I'm getting. 10 games in a row like i have a play asia it's like a 200 dollars play asia cart right now but it's like 20 games it's like sick and it's like i gotta <laughs> i gotta get all these damn yeah games. there's there's so many i i think the i i wish that there was some kind of communication though because i think the worst one was uh, ninja saviors yes because that one i got the i got asian english it's only gonna be there cool and I forgot to pre-order because then it went to strictly limited. So then I got the strictly limited. Then it came to America. Now I have three copies of the game. I'm like, oh my god! Like I don't, I don't need this. This is ridiculous at this point. I like say... I stopped. I even stopped doing like Asian releases unless I know they're not coming here. Like, oh. <laughs> what was the it's one terrible. that just came out too? Because Ninja Saviors was one. That and was and bad. I, I, I don't and know I, about you. I did that for sure. Ninja Saviors. But what was the other one that was that was really bad? That just came out and it was like a big release, and then they just said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna release it in the state side." It had like a, it wasn't Umahari Kawasi, but it had something like that where it had like a a special family bubble bubble four. It wasn't bubble bubble four because I I got that one limited. <laughs> what else? There, there oh, was that was one. that was only the one. Oh, oh. Umawater was the only one that had the uh, special like the the Famicom box. Um, the only one I'm aware. I don't think it was a Famicom box. It was. I don't know. I think it was La Mulana too. I mean, La there is, I, I need to get it. Oh, that one's only in a collector's edition. Yes. Yes. But that one was put on NIS America exclusive. And one second as he got disconnected. Um. Do you do uh, what? I'm hearing beeps. Do you hear beeps? Yeah, I, beeps. I had to. Um, I was getting a little bit. We were getting a little bit of lag, like a couple second lag. Um, I have a yeah. personal hotspot that I just swapped over to, so we're good now. I'm on cell phone because internet awesome. sucks here. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the now collectors editions. I don't know how you are. I used to get all the collectors editions, uh, much like JP. Yeah. I've since stopped. And I only get collector's editions if they have like steel books, and I gut them. I'm like people were like, no, don't. I'm opening them up. Like I don't care anymore. I open uh, everything. I play everything. I only buy stuff I want to play. But the problem is, I'm a gamer. I love every system, so I'm buying everything that I like. Like Kaido, I had that on the PS One, so I had to get like I had to get the because this is a remake of the Game Boy Advance version. And I'm like, I gotta get it. Like I'm every single like system. It's like, damn, there's so much good stuff out there. But like for collector's editions, I love all of the retro style games. So they're making a Banjo Kazooie, not Banjo Kazooie, but um, Ukulele sixty four box. I want that. I want that. Um, Shantae, I didn't do the Game Boy Color box, and I could have gotten one of JP's when he was starting to part out. Um, He still might be holding it for me, but I, I and I may buy it if he is. But um, but like. I love that stuff. Like when they did the um, the bloodstained uh, Curse of the Moon yep. with the Castlevania art from the Konami artist, and it's like, oh my god! And I know the guy, and he's cool as hell. And I'm like, yes, I need that in my life. Like, 
Because then I'm just looking. I'm like, man, I have Castlevania two and Castlevania three sitting in my NES collection on the on the <laughs> like boxed. And I just put it right next to it. And it's like, oh. see, I think I think if you have the room for that or you have a, a smaller collection, then I think those things are great. I like them too. But it's one of those I looked at and I'm like, you know what? Like I got the banjo, the the, the banjo kazooie style N64 box for ukulele, and I got that and I said, you know what? It's I I don't have my N64 games boxed. I I they just oh. take up too much room. I have them all loose. This way, they're easy to play. I don't have to worry about the cardboard. So I'm like, you know what? I, I sold it to, to someone at a video game con. I'm like, you know what? Here, you enjoy it. You're going to get more enjoyment out of me than I am. And I'm paring everything down because, you know, You're not my wrong. collection. I call it paring it down, too, by the way. That is the complete I, verbiage I use. <laughs> I, I have two floors of my house are nothing but my game collection. Oh, and, that's dangerous. And, and I want to go higher. And my wife's like, no more. Keep them all downstairs. <laughs> you know, you, you have two floors. That's more than most people. Oh, yeah. And I get a room <laughs> and then a garage. <laughs> and and I, I what I try to do with my stuff is I also try to – I want to build, like, uh, not just here's games on shelves because everyone has that. But I, I try to do museum-style stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and on, on our Nintendo Fuse, I did a uh, video for – I have a handheld display. Uh, which obviously takes up a lot of room, and I have other displays planned. So, yeah, it's like you know what? Do I do I want to put out a display to show off some really cool stuff uh, and help educate people, like in, in videos, or do I want to put more sp- game spines? And I'm like, you know what? I'm not selling games, but I'm carrying like down. I love game spines too, but yeah. you know, when well, you I have- actually I actually not a huge fan of game spines. <laughs> Because <laughs> my thing is, is I like the box art. I like the artwork yes. that's part of it. So what I do is like with my NES games. I love NES, but I don't. My complete collections with my cousin Kyle. We did VGBS Video Game Bullshit podcast for for years. Um, I have mine though. My favorite games, nostalgic, and some of the best games. But they're all face forward, like a rental wall. So jealous. And but it's like forty eight games. And if I want a game to replace it, it has to be better. Not rarer, just better. More <laughs> sentimental. So like right now I'm just looking, it's like our Double Dragon Two, that's a classic one. Mega Man Two, Rampage, Mario Three, um, Tetris, like not super rare games. Friday the thirteenth. Doesn't have to Contra. be super rare. These are games that mean something to you. Lolo, it's not 3. just about you. <laughs> oh, Lolo Three is great. Yeah, like See, just games that I love. Like <clears throat> Narc, I love Narc. Um, Shadow the Shadow the Ninja, River City Ransom, um, this Monster games. Party, and they're all bo- CIB mint. Like some of them are no, sealed. I, some of them are sealed too. Like I have a Legacy of the Wizard that's like super mint that I probably should send to Wada and get it graded. But, but it's sitting there. They're all in box protectors and all that. All my boxes are in box protectors, and but that's the only one I went rental wall. But like, I move around for my my uh, job every couple years. Once I get to my final place, I want to do that for all the systems, and have like the lid. And I built the I built I built the shelving for it too. So it's my yes. own specifications. It's exactly how I want it. And then when Limited Run Games or another company does something cool, I'll put it at the on the top. I have like Zelda stuff and like rare Zelda stuff that like I was one of the guys who commented to do an episode was like, oh, I got this rare Zelda video. I watched it. I'm like, I got some rare stuff too. <laughs> like most of mine's like custom made by le- le- industry legends and stuff, rare stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like, it's like I got some see, stuff. It's, <laughs> it's a good thing we're not on camera right now because you'd see me drooling a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just looking up and I'm like, I got this. <laughs> 
comic piece that I had done by Dan Panisian, who did the Legend of Zelda artwork in the uh, one of the Nintendo Power episodes. Nintendo Power. Yeah, and I have he did a Legend of Zelda piece, and I have a picture of him doing it. So like oh I have that on my wall. I have some rares, like cool. That's just a random. I'm just I just happen to look up. I'm like I forgot about that. That's awesome. <laughs> so you mentioned you mentioned something that I've done too, and I, and I I think it's important as collectors. Yeah. Uh, building building your shelf. Uh, I yes. see a lot of people like, oh, what shelving do you use? I'm like, everything's custom. Mm-hmm. Like even NES. Like I used to use like store bought shelves, and I had them stacked on top of each other, and it was a pain in the butt. I'm like, you know what? If I were to make CD size shelving so they could fit next to each other. Uh, just on their side, I could fit a lot more games. It looks a lot more presentable, easier to pull out a game without a stack falling, and it just takes up less room. And the more I started doing that, I realized how much wasted space there is in in like store bought shelves because there's no video game specific shelves and there's no set size, even even like a Blu-ray size or a DVD size. You know, the collector's edition, some of them are a little taller, and it just, yeah, it just. Uh, <sighs> You just have to go custom, I think, if you have a big collection. Especially Switch has its own cases, so they're a little bit smaller cases. And oh, yes. if you're like me, I take <laughs> all my cases out of the collector's editions and put them in my collection. So I don't have any collector's editions in my collection. I pull them out because I'm OCD and they all have to be the same. Um, the what do you do about books and stuff? So a lot of the... A lot of the extra stuff I have separated. So some of the stuff is in a tote until I can find a way to display it. But, like, the custom items like the NES boxes and stuff are getting displayed. Um, I do subsets like the PlayAge exclusives that are all the same. Um, I love the um, – the, is it the Strictly Limited, that the one with the dog on the front? Or is that yes, special? Yes, uh, no, the, special that's reserve. A Special Reserve. Special Reserve. I love their packaging, and their boxes are, like – are like freaking felt when you feel them. They're like, yeah, yeah they're Smitty like, they're, does a good job. You feel them, and they're the six when you when you touch them. They're amazing. Like they're awesome. And so those might be a future subset. I don't have a spot for it yet. Um, but that, and then like I do um different sets for video game vinyl. Like I have in my vinyl collection. Um, and by the way, video game vinyl is crazy. Like there's a whole collector sect, the underground collector sect that I didn't even know existed. Um, did you did you get the um, Skullgirls from Skybound? I was not interested in that. I did not get it. But um, but the reason why I realized there's an underground sect is one of the, I have a vinyl of a Pokemon release from years ago, and one went for four thousand dollars. Wow! And I have one, and I'm like, I mean, I like it, but four thousand dollars is a lot. Buy of money. you a lot of games. I it would support my Switch habit for at least a month. Uh, like, like, like that's <laughs> you're not joking. Not wrong. Sadly, you're not you're not joking, not dude. Wrong, that is about man. a month. Oh, about it's it's ridiculous. But um, but that's the thing is like I didn't realize that they were so crazy. But the same thing with uh CDs. I'm not a big uh CD collector, but I have a lot of CDs now, and I could maybe make something cool with all the Switch album CDs. And I'm thinking of like future displays and stuff to make it actually you know give it some some you know space and display it and cause there's some amazing musicians and I know a lot of the musicians now and it's like the community's so small on the switch it's just like I want to do everything and give it all its proper justice kind of why I got into the publishing game and make books too is because I want everything to get proper representation that's good yeah 
Yeah, see, the soundtracks are a whole whole new can of worms, and and like like you have yours or your collection separated by sets. Uh, I I make like OCD collectors like that kind of twitch because I put everything in alphabetical order. I don't oh, care that's, that's what normal. region. I'm weird. You're normal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, a lot of collectors I see them like this is a limited run set. Like I was I was talking to a JP I think, and I was complaining about the the super rare games, the two tribes yeah. uh, collection because it's two games. It's two games on the mm-hmm. spine. Yep. Uh, and it's they're they're not in alphabetical order. And he's like, oh, you don't keep them numbered by themselves. I'm like, no, no, it's to yeah. two. They're two T and R and oh my god, like it drives me crazy that they're not. <laughs> and it's just like the Flint was a Flint Hook Mercenaries Kings uh, Steelbook from Limited yep. Run. It's like no, no, that the two completely different letters. They don't even go next to each other. Buy so. two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I only did one in that yeah. case. Well, and but the thing like, is, is that I'm even weirder to the point where I take all the cartridges out of the cases. And I have all mm. the because because my Switch collection is not where my Switch is. My Switch is downstairs with the living room. I have no games down there, and so I have like the cartridge um, box that I did, the chest that I did with the Kickstarter. I use that. That's the one I use for my games, and now it, it holds a hundred. So now I have to use two of them. Um, and the thing is, though, is I also have the Unikeep. I have a Unikeep double-sided case okay. that I use for my favorites. And I'm doing that like my rental wall display where I put my favorite cartridges in there. Um, but now I've gotten so many new games that it's like I've moved to something else that I'm trying out, which is Coin Collector um, Three Ring Binders. Okay. I so, can see that work. So the coin collector things they fit. It feels like they're gonna pop out a little though if I if I put weird pressure. But I think if I put a bunch of them together, they'll stay in. And then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do it by genre since I want it to be easy to grab and go. It'd be like, hey, I want to play a platformer. Pop it to a platformer. Maybe I'll use paper spacers so I can do some like design, right, and print one off and make it look cool for Switch platformers. And then I'll be like, oh, here's all the platformers. Pull one out that tickles my fancy and play one. Um, but I haven't gotten like I just literally put in some of the new games in one of them just to test it out right now. But that was my next idea, and I was able to get like 200 of those for like 10 bucks or something. 200 of the sheets of the wow. coin ones. So I'm like, I I got a bunch. Got more than I'll need because they hold twenty, I think, in one. <laughs> so it's like two hundred times. That's a lot of games. More games than <laughs> the collection. Um, but I want to try it out, see what it looks like, see if it's usable. If the cartridges fall out, then I'll have a lot of these coin things that I won't be able to use. Um, see, I'm always I'm always scared about that because it's uh, <clears throat> it, it's so easy to lose. Yeah. Like I'm I'm OCD. Like if my wife takes a game out, I'll be like, all right, are you done? Put it put it put it back in the case. Like don't. I don't want it lost. And I used to do that with DS. When I first started DS, I had like little official cases that held four games, little plastic cases. I would put the games in there and I put them in like, I had like a DS bag and I would carry that with me. And I never lost a game, but I realized like, oh, now I've got the games here, but I also have the cases in the wall. And then I started realizing like finding a game is a little hard and I could easily lose one of these. I'm like, you know what? I'm putting them back in the cases. They're going on the wall. And if I'm in now, I still take it. Like if I'm going on a trip, like even the switch, I got a switch case that holds a couple games. Like if I'm going on a trip, I'll take two or three games with me and then put them back. Like the first thing I do when I get home, like I pet the dogs, I put the switch games back, (laughs) but, but I have them in the cases. That's me personally. See, I, I get that though, because you want to make sure you have accountability of them. Um, my thing is, is that I just want ease of access. The hardest barrier to me as a gamer 
is having too much choice. So I can play every single freaking retro game right now, and it's like you get overwhelmed with choice. So if I have it easily accessible and I'm looking, I'm like, all right, let me just grab this. Instead of, oh, got to go up to the game room, got to go pull out the case, got to look at all the cases. And all I'm, all I'm doing is looking at red spines. I'm not looking mm-hmm. at AR. Um, I'm like, what do I want to play? <laughs> like, at least I can look at the little labels, which kind of sucks in certain at, in Some games, yeah. Not as cool as the cases. But um, right now with my limited space... Um, I'm like, yeah, so I could pull out the games and play them and, and be able to play them easily on the, on the fly when I'm downstairs hanging out after a long day of work. That's the ease of use. Um, however, I understand being able to put them in a case. <laughs> like, it's, it's, a, it's a pain. And sometimes I'm like, man, I'm, I know I'm not going to get to this limited game, but I need to take it out of the case and out of the, <laughs> and out of the box so I can make it easier to play. So, See, I think for me what, ha- what it stems from is when I – my collection has come over years uh-huh. and and during during different ages things have gotten lost i've lost a few games uh-huh. i don't know where they are i figure they've got to be somewhere in the house but I, you know and there's nothing worse than when you know you had a game because you played it you grew up with it and you can't find it and you uh-huh. tear everything apart and you just can't find it and and nothing expensive thankfully but it was like it kind of guts you it's like i i have to buy this again like i shouldn't have to buy this again that money could go to a new game because yeah. i had to buy this again and ever since then it's like i've only lost like three games so it's not terrible but it's still like i hate it's that enough. feeling i don't want it again <laughs> it's enough to, to ruin it <laughs> yeah it's enough you know what the worst part is though is i'm going to be moving across country soon in a couple months oh, no. and i'm like i gotta load up everything up and imagine moving your entire collection Oh, I, I would need at least four or five U-Hauls. I, I do a semi-truck every time. Um, but, I mean, put this into perspective. So, I uh, you know I have published multiple books. I had my Super Nintendo book, the paperback, and the Definitive Edition Super Nintendo that I had to do some uh, fixes on. And so I had two different books, and it wasn't a whole lot of books. I put them on a pallet. And shipped the pallet to my warehouse. I, just the extra ones that were in my garage. It was 1,875 pounds. Holy crap. A tiny piece of my garage. <laughs> like, oh my god. No. Yeah. On, honestly, yeah, that would be a deal breaker. It was madness. But no, the hardest part though is that, you know, I have people come and pack up the house. But it's like being able to decide what is irreplaceable and pre-packing it. And then hands-off letting people put away everything else in your collection i couldn't do that it's tough I, if people come over my house i'm more paranoid like yeah you know, like i've i've moved multiple times since i've had this level of a collection and it's it's stressful it is very stressful so i gotta get my my house in a semblance of order before i'll have them come through i'll already have to have totes preloaded with stuff that i'm not gonna have touched but the thing is, though, is I do one item of everything I've ever released, so all of that's going to be in a tote because I I want to have an archive of everything I've ever released in case something goes awry or missing. So that's an important piece. That's irreplaceable stuff. And then I have stuff like the the um, the trophy that was given to people, which is the same trophy that is then from the 1994 Power Fest winner. I have one of those. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. One of those sitting up there. So like I have special editions of even some of my books that were bound in leather and gilded and gold like because i could just because i could because <laughs> you could why not people wanted them and people backed them but one of them is 
all three Super Nintendo books I released, which it's over a thousand pages. It's a giant freaking tome. It is huge. It's like bigger than the damn Bible, and it's all Super <laughs> Nintendo. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, geez, that's ridiculous. It's insane. Um, but like, I have stuff like that sitting here too, and that's like a personal one that's like super rare. And then I got my rare gaming stuff and like rare, rare games. And it's like, and I collect NES homebrew, and I have one offs. <laughs> like only one exists in the world. Like, God. So that's the stuff that I got to put away. And then my sharp NES TV comes with me. Um, <laughs> so I have a sharp NES TV, and. I have a Nintendo Red Tent that hurts me every time I have to let them move it. My Red Tent Arcade. Yeah. It's hard times, man. But that is really tough times. <laughs> Let's wow. not get too sidetracked because we still got to talk about a game. and <laughs> Yeah, but talking collecting, that's that's a good thing. It's never a bad thing. I'll always it's be. always. It's always, you know what, to me, my favorite part of collecting, people say, like, what's your favorite game, or what's your what's your favorite part of it, or what's your most prized possession? To me, it's it's just about the love of gaming, and I love seeing other people's collections, and seeing what gets them going, seeing what they love. And I think, like, I see people like, oh, here's my collection, there's only a few little things, it's not that big. It doesn't matter the size, it matters how personal it is to you, and why you're doing it, and, and what it means to you, and and. I think if anyone's like listening to this and saying like, oh, you know, I wonder about my collection. If how big is it, or how good is it, or how should I display it? it really, it doesn't matter. It's, if you enjoy it, if you love it, and and I'm an advocate of playing the games like you. I'm an advocate of you know enjoying them. These are things that are meant to be enjoyed. These are things that are meant to be have fun, and just just do you. You know, if someone says, oh, that game stinks, but you love it, who cares? You love it. Play it. So. You know, if you if you like to carry your Switch games around and, and you're not scared of losing them, do it. If you know you're like me and you don't want to you don't want to lose them and you keep them in the case, there's nothing wrong with that either. There's no right or wrong as yeah. long as you're just having fun. Well, and I think it mine stems like I have a lot of really rare stuff. That stuff stays in order, the really rare stuff. But like the Switch stuff to me is like it's brand new, it's playable. I want to enjoy it. I want to get my daughter to play it with me, and oh, like her and I, her and I playing like River City Girls together, and watching her play a beat 'em up, a classic style beat 'em up, and be good at it. And I'm like, man, that's definitely my daughter. It's awesome. <laughs> and, like, and she's seven, so like, and she was getting into it because it was anime characters and it's girls, and I was like, yes, she's we got her, we got her, everyone. <laughs> she's she's stuck with us because she's only been playing Minecraft, like. Oh, <laughs> uh, once you get into new genres, it's exciting. Yeah, and she was loving it, and then we got to go back to it because, like, I've been getting busy with work and everything. But, like, yeah, we got to, we could definitely have to go back to that one. So that might be a playcast game in the future for sure. Yeah, I'm waiting for Limited Run to deliver mine. That looks exciting. That would, that would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I got mine from them, but I didn't get the limited. I only got the regular. Yeah, I only got the regular as well, but I'm just waiting hmm. for it. So. I bet, I bet uh, 20 minutes away, old JP got it. Go th- oh, I'm sure he... Go, go throw a brick <laughs> through his window. You live so close to him. <laughs> hey, JP, let me borrow your, retro, your River City Girls. You know, Let me yeah, do it. I got to play for the Switch Mania Playcast. <laughs> got him. <laughs> so, I, I think I let me. <laughs> he, he actually might. <laughs> Crazy JP. Let me um let me look up Link's Awakening right now, uh, so we can see what people are saying about it, um, real quick. Cause we need to move over toward the game real quick. Cause we still got some other stuff to talk about too. Sure, so, I'm ready. Yeah, we got we got tons. I 
I want to see if, like, maybe we'll go to Polygon, maybe? No, I don't want to read any reviews. I kind of like to keep it as arbitrary as possible. Like, keep it away from any kind of semblance of, man, what the heck is this? So, my um my browser, I don't know what I looked at, but I get these little ad pop-ups now. Like, it just went to a weird thing where it went to, like, a, a Bing Amazon site. That's weird. So I think my I think there's some something <coughs> installed in my browser. Crazy. Um so the game of the episode is The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, the 2019 remake that just came out. And Barry said he's played it. So yep. we're about to see 100%. About to see if you've played it. Um, <laughs> you probably played it more than me if you did 100%. Um so anyways, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening will set a little wallpaper. Um, those of you who have never played a Zelda game, um, <laughs> action-adventure game, this one, the remake, was developed by Grezzo, and of course published by Nintendo. Released September 20th, so it's all, it was released about two months ago at the time of this recording, and it's a re- remake of the 1993 game for the Game Boy, uh, and retains the original top-down perspective and gameplay, along with elements from the re-release of Link's Awakening DX, um, although it does get rid of the camera mode, disappointed, yes. dead here um features a retro modern art style uh looks like a little toy like character design dioramas of a world with a tilt shift visual to evoke the original game's presentation on the game boy um and in place of the cam camera is now the customizable little dungeons with dumpy that pretty much everybody agrees is a <laughs> it's a little bit of a missed opportunity um maybe it's Nintendo dipping their toes into an idea of like a Zelda maker in the future. Um, everybody wants that. They don't want yes. this. Um, the director was Makaru Iwa, and AJ Onuma was the producer, as always. <laughs> and Masaki Yasuda was the artist um, that did all this art style, which is amazing. Um, Ryo Nagamatsu did this amazing soundtrack uh, recreation of the original 1993 music. And it literally hits you with the feels if you grew up with the original. Um, From a personal perspective, I definitely got the original. Um, I have a story about this one. Um, Growing up as a kid, I had my Game Boy, right? Um, I went with the family fishing up in Michigan. In Wisconsin, we went up to Wisconsin, Michigan, like border, and we're up in up there, and we were fishing, and my dad swung the fishing line and hooked me in the head. Ooh, god, that hurt! Forehead, and then jerked it to go try to do it. So, um, that happened. I, you know, was like in tears with a bleeding head um but they took me to the doctor (laughs) after i got the hook removed from my head they allowed me to get a video game and that don't you love it when parents bribe kids we screwed up royally here's a video game to keep hush hush (laughs) (laughs) so i not only did i get a awesome um i got a ninja turtle figure and a ninja turtle cube that looks like that legend of zelda cube that pretty rare nintendo power one (laughs) Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I got a Ninja Turtles version of that. I got that there. I got a gamer chair that was covered with Ninja Turtles. And I got The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening on the Game Boy. And I had a lot of time to sit in our cabin that we were in to play the hell out of some Link's Awakening. And ironically, play the fishing game a lot. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) 
It, Why it br- not? Brings back the feels <laughs> now. But that's such a crazy story that's linked to this game that just like like I played the hell out of Link's Awakening back in the day. I remember how hard I tried outside the castle to try to jump that that, that four block spot to try to get to the <laughs> the one dungeon piece to get the I think it was a either a heart piece or a shell that was over there and I, I didn't wait for the rooster section later because I didn't know about it because there was no internet when I had of it. Of course. I was just playing it. But it is such crazy stuff. Um, So JP and I like to talk about how far we got in the game. Um, <laughs> I beat the game first day, second day, like right in my first multi-playthrough. I beat the game. Um, I haven't went back to it since because I know you can keep playing. So I didn't beat all the Dampe stuff. Um, and I also didn't go do the color dungeon because I never played the DX version, so I didn't know how to get to the color version. I do know you have to go in the library and they tell you the code, and then you have to do like a certain way that you push the stones in the, mm-hmm. in the graveyard. Grave. Yeah, but I, I never did it, so I actually didn't do that, so I beat the game stock, um, classic style. Uh, no deaths. <laughs> No deaths, because yeah, it, was, it was super easy this time around with extra buttons. Um, and I would say that is the major thing for listeners from my perspective, is not having to swap the shield and the sword and the boots, the Pegasus boots and everything. That's power bracelet amazing too. to me. And the power bracelet, yeah. like That's amazing that you get, like they're utilizing all the buttons, and it just makes the game almost unfair like it's so easy <laughs> like so good so anyways before i go off on a tangent how far do you have to get you said 100 or how far do you get oh uh, yeah i i didn't finish it as fast as you mainly because i wanted to save her um unlike yeah. you i i did not get hit and hooked in the head when i got the original game <laughs> uh, you but... got hit and hooked <clears throat> in the head last week while you played no. <laughs> exactly no um but now link's awakening was actually the first zelda game that i officially owned i wow. played the other three beforehand uh to extent but i didn't have an nes i didn't have a super nintendo i played a friend's house hmm. um so link's awakening was the first one i actually owned and to this day is still my favorite and you, it's not you know what that might have been the first one that i didn't <laughs> rent as well yeah like it was the first one I, honest to God, owned, and it was mine, and I loved that game so much. Uh, you know, I did get the DX version, of course. I beat it that way. I I played it every way that game came out. So I was super ecstatic about this. So I didn't want to rush through because I knew the game. I wanted to savor it. I wanted to enjoy it because this was, you know, twenty years in the making, pretty much. And so, so more did you play it all off the top of your head? Like yes. from memories. And because I know that there's a lot more seashells. Yes. Okay, so I did I did all the seashells, but the last few I eventually looked. I was like, all right, where are these last cheater, few? Cheater, cheater. <laughs> yeah. Eventually it's you just, get to the just point. about time. It's like, you know, I got forty three, where are the last seven? Um but no, you know, there's a lot of things I didn't remember. Um so it was kinda cool. I did do the color dungeon, of course, but I uh it was just just so great going through this thing. So yeah, I, I did complete it. Uh, I did. There's more pieces of hearts. So again, yeah. you know, if you may remember where the, all the original twelve are, but I think there's like twenty now or something like that, or twenty four, maybe thirty. No, thirty two. There's thirty two heart pieces. Well, and so, I mean, they do stuff like the haptic feedback that pops up when you get near stuff, or the little whistle. Yeah. And, so I mean, it's almost done. Like it's easier to find stuff. It's easier, but like like the the seashells does a little chime, but like some of the stuff 
you know, like one one took me for a while, and then I'm like, oh, I have to throw a bomb in here, duh. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to do like all these other ways. I know what ways. you're talking about. Over, <laughs> over near well, the, the top of the top of the map. There's there's two that you need to throw bombs in. Ah, okay. Um, but well, that is one of them. But that's not the one I'm talking about. Ah, okay. Um, but that that one did throw me for a loop at first too. I'm like, where? Oh, okay. But like the Dompe, I did the Dompe dungeons. Um, and I agree with you on a missed opportunity. I I honestly have one huge complaint about it. Otherwise, I think it's a good mode. But my huge complaint is this, and it's very frustrating when trying to do some of the um, the the tasks that he tasks you to do. But you cannot connect staircases staircases will automatically connect yeah. for you and then it's so frustrating because it will connect ones that shouldn't be connected and there's like almost no rhyme or reason for it and it like how simple would it have been just to, so you can just choose which ones connect um that is my biggest complaint other than that i yeah. thought the mode was a lot of fun although you start seeing the same rooms over and over again as you do the the, the challenges because you, you start making them as easy as possible you like a lot of challenges right Oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah, and it's like, so, you know what? Yeah. Like, it's like, fill this whole thing. I'm like, okay, I can go from A to B really quickly. And then all I have to do is fill the rest of it with nonsense room and just make sure that I put no chests in any of those rooms. Exactly. And as long as they connect, you don't have to go to them and it fills it up. But uh, no, I honestly love this game. Uh, I think that the way they did this is great. The music is great. The expansion, the fishing game got expanded. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's so much more to it. Um, and it is absolutely a game of the year contender for me personally. Like it is just, it is one of those that if you have ever played the original, there's enough to bring you back. And if you've never played the original, if you were born after the original, oh, you're in for a treat. Well, like my favorite game of all time is a legend of Zelda link to the past. And this game has always been in the rotation with Link to the Past as a, the original Game Boy as a yearly, bi-yearly, every couple years play. Um, like I would play Link to the Past one year, then Link's Awakening the next, and alternate, and then maybe Oracles if I really feel crazy. But um, but this might be the one I play instead now because it is really the definitive edition. Oh, it is. And it's sad that the, the little photo uh, booth is gone, but, you know... It's understandable. Some things sadly get cut. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, my thing is, is that, you know, I really did. Um, I was disappointed by the Dompe thing to the point that I actually didn't even really play it beyond the first st- section of stages. Um, well, did you, when you did it, how many dungeons had you cleared at that time? A lot of them. I mean, I still don't have the color dungeon, so I don't have those those tiles. But I did my you know, multiple amiibo swipes because um back in the day i actually uh while i was playing breath of the breath of the wild i actually bought a set of the cards on ebay okay so i have like all those easily accessible because i was tired of like doing going through all the damn amiibos because i have them all but i'm like god that's annoying so i just did the cards so i did the cards and eventually you you do too many or whatever and it's like nope you have all of them you can get um there's only like six but there's 14 tiles that you could find outside yeah in the other worlds, like, did you find all fourteen? Um, I purchased a bunch because <laughs> you can yeah, purchase some, and then I, I I found a few in the crane game and stuff like that. Um, did you? There's one from like the River Raft Rapids game where you have to beat it one. like super fast. Yeah, I think I Seconds. did that inherently on accident. Yeah, I think I did that one by mistake. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> <laughs> you got super lucky then. 
Yeah, I'm I'm fast at those type of little games. Though. I mean, I played the crap out of it back in the day, so I kind of know the the fast paths. It really didn't change much. No, no, they didn't. But yeah. you know, it's you mentioned the music too. Oh, I I think I think that needs to be talked about because that game is about music. I mean, you you find the instruments of the siren, and oh my god, the Battle of the Windfish that they did that version of it is so beautiful. I cried. It was amazing, and the thing is, though, is it, like, hits you with, like, the nostalgic strings, like, perfectly, and I don't know why, but, like, even stuff just like the trading side quest seems so much more approachable in this version. Yeah, you know, well, it's a different time, though. I mean, you have to realize we were younger when we played it. There was no such thing as an internet. We, you know, we hadn't experienced these things before. This was the first Zelda game with a trading sequence. So, as a kid, I think it's one of those, wow, this is new. This is unheard of. Maybe I'll discover today who I'll get to trade it to. And you start talking to everybody. Like, oh, are you, do you need it? Do you need it? Do you need it? And I going in, it's like, oh, I remember the trading sequence. So it's bing, bang, boom, no big deal. And and I, you know, I, I think kids today will find it a little easier too, simply because there's just more experiences in games. But I could be wrong. They could be like, oh, you know what? This I've never played a game like this. I've ne- never played Ocarina or Majora's Mask that had some trading sequences. And it's like, oh, you know, this this is new to me. Okay, this is interesting. Uh, cool. I mean, the or- I think the Oracle games had a trading sequence too. Um, but- that's one of my <clears throat> things that I've never done is I've actually never sat down and beaten either one. Like I've gotten into them hard, really far, and then somehow I disappear, and then I don't Oracle play them. Games is so good. Yeah, uh, I love them, and that's my favorite style of Zelda. And it's like, still have. Do you think they'll get remade next? I hope so. I hope that Nintendo just keeps on, you know, making n- more Zelda games because I know we're getting obviously Breath of the Wild two. They're probably going to push out the easy ports of um, <coughs> Twilight Princess and and w- Wind, Waker. Wind Waker. They have to. There's no way that they're not going to. Um, and especially when we just saw with one of the releases, which is a game I haven't bought yet, which is um, Super Monkey Ball uh, Banana Blitz that just came mm-hmm. out because that game could have been as good as the GameCube game on the Wii, but it was trash because the damn controls having to jump with the <laughs> freaking motion shit and like, oh my God, so frustrating. But now they fixed it and it's fun. So I got to buy it now because I love the game. <laughs> GameCube game and everybody's like oh why did they remake Banana Blitz now I know why because now we have an awesome version of it got rid of the gimmickry like yeah but Banana Blitz was still also the the, the turn for the worst period of Monkey Ball nothing got that was going to touch the first two games no. those two were the best yeah <clears throat> the first two were awesome but like I mean if they would have at least done it like they did it now not HD obviously but if they would have done it this style it would have at least been the third good game <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, there's always Super Monkey Ball Adventure. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Topic for another day. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, <laughs> being with that, though, like, they could easily just start, you know, giving us more games. And I'm really hoping that we get A Link Between Worlds on Switch. Well, I don't know if you uh, saw the rumor that just recently out there how they were planning on more uh, 3DS remakes, mm-hmm. and because the 3DS sales have slumped, especially like Mario and Luigi, uh, Bowser's Inside Story did was the worst selling Mario game ever or something. Yes. 
Um, they they canned a lot of them, and Link's, Link's Awakening was originally supposed to be a 3DS game, supposedly, and oh. they moved it to Switch. So who knows? Maybe we'll get some more of these on the Switch. Oh, that'd be amazing, because I, I love A Link Between Worlds, because, I mean, it's basically a sequel <coughs> to Link to the Past. Link to so, the Past, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that would just be amazing, and it's already kind of done, so... Um, I know that they're. I know Nintendo said that they're going to release a Zelda game every year. So this was this year's. Um, next year we're probably going to get probably my anticipation, my rumor would be either Wind Waker or Twilight Princess next year because um, that's an easy port. Hopefully combo. Yeah, maybe both. That would be awesome. Like two pack and, and you know on the same spine, so it makes you mad. Um, <laughs> I just feel you. Get. Gee, thanks. You're welcome. Uh, Legend of Zelda or Legend of Zelda, though, so you'll be okay. Um, yes. <laughs> but because um, Breath of the Wild is not going to be out probably till 2021. Yeah, like, realistically, and it'll probably get pushed back from there because uh, that's what Nintendo does is they want it to be perfect, which is why they usually are pretty perfect. It's gonna be a launch setup for the Switch too, um, or Switch Pro. <laughs> switch pro yeah i i really think nintendo's gonna do the xbox one x ps4 pro mode and just release an incremental just like they did with the new 3ds incremental upgrades mm-hmm. they they have a history of doing it so it's not like it's a big surprise when they do the the pro and it's like oh it plays all the old games plus these new ones that are only will only work on the pro because of the expanded uh, ram and and faster processor speeds it'll It'll be like that, and people will be like, "Man, why do they do that?" Well, it's like they do that all the time with their handhelds. Like, you know, people make such a big deal about that. Oh, what the heck? I'm not going to get to play those games. There was like four DSi only games or five DSi only yeah. games, and we only got three of them here in the states. And it was what four or five 3DS, new 3DS only games. Like, it's no big deal. The library is so tiny. Like, it's you're only missing out those very few games. And if that's your make or break. They just buy the system. Just just be careful because this is the Switch. And when you start collecting for something that's small, it's going to be big. But um, but in, in my opinion, they're waiting because PS5 and Xbox poop, whatever they're calling the Xbox. Scarlet. Yeah, well, it's not what they're going to call it. Though. <laughs> um, but when the, when the Scarlet comes out, um, they're going to at least incrementally upgrade the Switch Pro. So that way they can still cross downport like they're currently doing for Switch games with modern. Like they want to be well, able I... to easily just knock off a few layers, making it moderate settings, and and put it on the Switch Pro. I think when whatever they do with the Switch Pro or Switch Two, it, it backwards compatibility is going to have to be there. It's, it's and then gonna it's going to be. be... It's going to be great. You see this wall? You've got 1,500 Switch games at this point. Yeah. Now they're all playable on the Switch 2. And the Switch 2 is probably going to have another 1,500. Have fun. <laughs> Enjoy, people, because I said I'm done after the Switch and collecting these stuff. And then I'm like, but they do an incremental upgrade. It'll be just called probably the Switch Pro because Nintendo lo- loves just <clears throat> the new Switch. Um, you Switch you. The new Switch Pro, Sif. Um, but the thing is, is they're going to do it. And then people will be mad or whatever. But really, I think that they're going to upgrade the Pro just to the point where they can still have modern games with it just at a, you know, a portable level. That, that, that's what I think. They're going to be the killer of portable. Um, and then hopefully the Switch Pro still has TV compatibility. And it's not a non-Switch like we got with the Lite, the no-Switch. I mean, if you want to look at it that way, the the only way that I can see them being truly successful and that and when i mean successful i mean 
being able to compete because obviously they're able to carry themselves. Their own games will, will still sell. But to really compete, they need to make it easier for third-party companies to port their games to the switch and if the switch is so underpowered or the switch pro is so underpowered to the ps5 and the the scarlet uh they're not going to get those those ports and that's just going to severely hurt the switch and i think one of the reasons the switch is selling so popular now not only the nintendo games are out of this freaking world but you've got titles like witcher 3 and doom 2016 and doom eternal coming and wolfenstein 2 and you know all these great titles the skyrim that people know these triple a third parties like oh they're on the switch too great i can play it all and without that i think it's going to severely hurt it, it's also why your pocketbook hurts because we can play it all. Like literally, they keep putting everything on this thing, and yes. I was I was just double watching, triple dipping, and I'm like, it's every freaking generation. Because you know, I did the hidden gaming gems book, and I did generation by generation, and it's like, no, we got. I just got two downloadable games for really cheap, but Saboteur, which is a damn ZX Spectrum game from the UK, yeah. like I'm like, and then we got The Witcher Three. <laughs> Like it, that just came out, and it's like you're hitting every generation. We mentioned Gakaido. We mentioned <clears> like Tojam and Earl at a at a re-release. You're getting a remake of a 16-bit, you know, generations style. Is the I don't count the Xbox Tojam and Earl three. Um, but like every <laughs> single generation, we're getting stuff, and it's every week <laughs> we're getting stuff from every generation it's it's so dangerous don't forget about all the arcade archives or the nes and it. snes online stuff love it and that's that's the thing so like when i'm doing my throwing binder like one of those sections has to be toward um all the the packs the arcade packs you got your shoot 'em up packs and you got your capcom bell oh, yeah. collections and like just so many amazing the darius like, collections oh, uh, konami so collection like, contra collection hurt my soul because some of that stuff i haven't even bought yet <sighs> well no, there's an sn there's a big snk pack the, i got the that 40th. i got that um there's uh the namco uh, arcade uh, the museum get, i didn't get the namco pack i didn't get darius yet <laughs> Um, and I'm not getting the limited edition just to get the extra game or whatever. That that there's more. It's five games. It's more than double on that collector's edition. So it's four games it's on the regular, nine on the collectors. Sad. So bad. Why did they do that? They're doing it again. I think a Tetris one is coming out, and it's the same um, deal. There was another one that they just did it with. It wasn't I thought Tetris. it was Tetris. It wasn't. It was another one too. Like there was another one that they did from the same company, uh, same limited release. And they added some extra stuff onto it. And I'm like, really? Why are you doing this to me? Because I don't want to shell out all the money for it, but I want the, I want the extra games. And I just had to buy that collector's edition because I'm like, no, it's not complete without those five other games. You're not wrong. And that game, I don't know if you know, that game in particular is not digital. It's on an, any digital store for my understanding. Yeah, it's, it's not. So the only way to get those games and play them is because they're jerks on that really expensive now collector's edition. <laughs> It's just like Bayonetta One, jerks. Yep. Like, that yep. one you can get digitally at least, but like, <laughs> damn. Yeah, that, that that hurts. That hurts. That's 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 really where you have to decide if you're saying NTSC North American Collection or you're going to do that English Collection. Because if you say I'm going to do that English Collection, that opens up a few of these very expensive can of worms. And I am 100% collecting everything from everywhere that I want to play. Because when you got people putting Battle Princess Madeline. The, the actual version on in Japan, I gotta play it, and then 
you know, stuff like Bayonetta. It's like, well, I'll eventually get it. And I'm patient. I'm a very patient collector. I'll wait until I can find it reasonably. It may not be cheap, but reasonable. Um, but the thing is, is that I want it all. Like, and so I'm with you though, where I get pretty angry when they release it in our region <laughs> after. So I'm like, damn, I just want it now. Well, if you're interested in that Bayonetta, because that is an awesome game, yeah. I do have a feeling it's going to go up when Bayonetta 3 official date is announced and as it gets closer to being released. Good. So the time to get it is probably before then. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> it will. just a prediction. I could be wrong. I mean, on the other side, though, I have it on the Wii U. So it's not like I oh. can't play it, but it's just I want to play it on my Switch like without digital. And that's the danger. <laughs> that's the danger. And Oh, yes. So I do have another obsession. I actually mentioned it when I was doing my interview with uh, Xander last week. Um, I go on the eShop and look at the deals. And I've been finding games for like a penny or nine cents. And they're games that I know I would like. And I keep finding them. And I'm using my coins that I get for all my games I register. And... <laughs> I've been spending like nothing and getting amazing. Like I got Saboteur one and two on the ZX spectrum. Um, but they're games that are decent and they're like a penny or 10 cents. And do you do any of that? Any kind of digital collecting at all? I, the only digital games I get are either a, if a review code is provided to me, Mm -hmm. um, B, if I do a Kickstarter and they're like, Oh, the physical game's coming. Here's the digital copy as well. Uh, Yeah. Curse of the Moon, or, or like I mentioned earlier, the Skullgirls, it got delayed, so they sent us a digital copy, so I, I did that. Yep. Um, I, I've only bought one actual digital game, I think, in maybe four years, and that wow. was uh, was um, Cadence of Hyrule, because okay. I love Zelda so much, I, I'm like, I have to. And I hope they do a physical somehow, because I'll get that game again. I think that's literally why a lot of people, when I asked who's who's played Link's Awakening and Sydney Hunter, like hardly anybody's played Sydney Hunters because they're waiting for a physical. Yep. Um, and the thing is, is that was one of those that kind of hit me because, like, I know John Lester. I'm, I'm on his, I'm on Game Story One with them doing game talk and stuff, and I'm like, I'm like, I supported the game, but then like now they're just it's to half half off, ten dollars now instead of twenty, and I'm like, really? Can can you give me a heads up that it's going to be half price? Like, damn. Like I would have waited for at least a couple weeks, like because I, you know, couldn't get around to completely beating it yet, and it's like, damn, yeah, could have saved some money. Um, the thing is, though, is that if they don't get good sales, they can't market themselves to the limited companies. So it's a catch twenty two. Yeah, and then everybody wants to wait, and I support it because I know them, just like I support some of the Mega Cat Studios because I know James and the and the crew, some of the programmers. Um, along with Haunted Halloween as well, just was released. And I, I have the NES version, but it, it's literally a port of the NES version. So, But I support all those people because they're you know all friends, too, from convention yeah, that, scenes that or sense. NES homebrew scenes. or Yeah. I mean, I did the NES oddities in the homebrew revolution, so I've interviewed a lot of the guys, too. And it's like... So I try to support because, man, I want to see all that stuff physically, too. Like I do. Oh, <sighs> All of it, I'll buy it all. See, I used to do digital. I actually, <laughs> when the 360 came out, I fell in love with the Xbox Live Arcade. I didn't do anything with the, the few games that came out on the original Xbox, but the Xbox 360, I fell in love with it, and I got one at launch. And I decided, hey, I'm going to get these games. So I got every XBL game that came out. 
XBLA game. Everyone, including the updates and the patches and the wow. downloads, from 2005 until 2010, I think. Five years. And at that point, I couldn't get a bigger hard drive because Microsoft wouldn't make a 500 gig. 320 was the highest. And I, I emailed them. I said, please, can I get a 500 gig here? PlayStation 3 has a 500 gig. Um, and they said, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Of course, they've done it since, but at this point. And it, that was the <laughs> first time I realized I can't get any new games now. I'm full. And this includes like all like the TMNT reshell. This includes Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I got them all. And it was... Like even like Yaris and the the Doritos free challenge games and all that stupid stuff. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I said, you know what? I'm gonna just take a step back from digital. On the same side, I did some Wii Virtual Console games and and some uh, WiiWare games like Final Fantasy IV: The After Years and uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. My life is a Dark Lord and my life is a King because I love Final Fantasy. And then my Wii died, and it was a oh, launch week. Oh no! Nintendo and I said, look, I just want to take these games and at least put them on my wii u and they said it's going to be 80 dollars. i said look i don't care about the wii i've got 100 wii's i just want my stuff that i paid for you were literally holding the games i bought at ransom and they said or well since you have a launch console we'll do it for 40 dollars." so i had to send in 40 bucks to get that stuff onto my wii u and at that point i said that's it i'm done i'm done completely with digital unless i you know it's a review code or a special case like a kickstarter or something or i'm giving it for free um outside of that i'm done I'd, I'd rather spend a little extra and have that physical and not have my games up for ransom or not have my games tied to a hard drive or anything like that yeah i mean you don't really own them and that's no, you own the, the license. hard part you license it so at least with physical media you own it and it's a big thing that we talk about you know in the switch community with everything not on the cart because it's a similar thing it's why i haven't bought spyro yet because i love spyro but it's like you only get the first world on each one then you gotta fill up your memory card to download the what about the stuff crapcom's doing with all their games that is a bad one too and then (laughs) and then you got all the fox the fozicles that jp calls them where that's just, just a code just a code in, in a box and <laughs> and it's like i don't buy those um i understand people that want all the pretty cases but i mean i can print out some custom cases too and we can we can go that route um, see i had to buy them because they're officially ntsc releases so technically they're needed but like two of those games um i kind of double dipped which is uh, super putty squad and yeah. constructor which have european releases where the games are actually on the card yeah, because so I, want, I want Super Putty Squad. I'm going to buy the European version, though. Yeah, yeah, the European. Uh, it's like that with the, the Vita, too. I'm a Vita collector and getting that full set. Um, there's two games that were released in North America, which is Minecraft and MLB 15, the show, that are digital codes in the actual case. However, Minecraft had a European release, fully in English and on the card, and MLB 15 had a Asian release, like we're in Singapore, fully in English, English voice, the whole nine yards, where it's all on the card. And it's like, really? Really? <laughs> you have to do this? Those two North American games that are codes only, you actually have chances to get them in English on the card elsewhere. And it's, ugh, I just hate that. I'm with JP and you on that. That's, that sucks. Yeah, and I mean, that JP swears by, you know, we're collecting it, but... Like why? Why do we? Why do they do that? Because we hate ourselves. That's why. And our we hate our wallets too. I mean, my wallet's thin, and it's, I don't get everything. It's I didn't buy anything this week except for a, a game for my daughter that just came <laughs> out uh, for Christmas, and then because it's gonna go with her um 
her Pokemon Switch Lite that I got her for Christmas. Nice. Lucky girl. Yeah. And so she's um and so she stopped stealing mine. It's, it's the only reason. <laughs> oh, there's an ulterior motive to it. Oh, of course. She knows this. <laughs> uh, um, so many games this week. I like even like Super Lucky Tail I've been looking forward to and oh I can't wait God. to play it tomorrow. But then at the same time Hat in Time is tomorrow too, and it's like, oh my god, why the same day? <laughs> Both of those games I need to buy because I had in time I never really got to play too much. I had a PC version that I was playing. Um, Lucky's Tale, I have it on my Xbox One, but I want to play Same. it on the Switch. So it's better on the Switch. It's like a remake almost mm-hmm. in yeah. a sense. I think they refined some of the controls and stuff too, which is good because there was just a couple frustrating moments. Um, and Nintendo helped them; they actually worked with Nintendo, so there might be some of that extra polish. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. But yeah, there's a lot of. I, I mean, I probably have about three, four games I need to pick up on my picky ass that needs to get some games. So <laughs> that's bad. That's like, they need to stop. <laughs> Can't wait for the holidays to be over and go back to, hey, there's only four games this week. Yay, only four. <laughs> uh, you know, that's an ongoing thing with the Switch Mania Playcast. Oh, it's going to get eaten. It never gets easier. It, it it's, never gets It's easy. continued to grow. And every week it's like, all right, now we have 30 games. Now we're going to have 32. <laughs> now it's like, stop, people. But really, it's a good problem to have. I'll tell you that much. Hashtag first world problems. Exactly. Um, <laughs> the only other thing that I got this week, which is something that I always like to plug when it comes in, is I got the newest issue of Switch Player Mac. And nice. guess what the cover is? Legend of Zelda uh, Link to the Past. Wait. Link's Awakening. Oh, my bad. There we Link go. Zelda Link's Awakening. And and the art is amazing. Like the art that they had drawn on there. It looks so good. The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening on the Switch Player Mac. And the thing is that I like about that one is that they're not doing standardized reviews, but more like personalized reviews. And it all is a good read. Like their articles are more from a a personal perspective it's it's not like crap that we could just look at real quick online which is some other magazines that i've i have is it's more like a a wash and wear of what you can find online it's more personalized it's kind of what i try to do too so i think it's me more being a little selfish that i like to read what i like to write um (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that no but i mean i make stuff that i enjoy too so i mean i i get it and that's that's why i will continue to subscribe but like the other nintendo's you know magazine nintendo force is more cookie cutter and I find myself flipping through that one, just like Game Informer that I get for free from GameStop. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I kind of flip through those. I read Switch, the Switch Player Mac. So, I mean, there's something to be said about that. Like It literally gets me glued to it, which is awesome. I don't know if you're a subscriber or anything, but... I'm a Nintendo Force and obviously Game Informer, but not yeah. Switch Player. Yeah, I, Game, Nintendo Force is solid. You know, It's this spiritual successor to Nintendo Power. I've been in it a few times. I've written in it a few times. Um, I've had different articles on and his homebrew and on Switch stuff and stuff, but um, like not a huge like I I don't read it for content. I just I enjoy it. But I like the I'll support it because they're putting on Nintendo stuff. But yeah, Switch Player Mag though is it's awesome. It's a little mini Mag too. It's like uh old old school Disney Adventures kind of stuff. Oh my god, cool. <laughs> that's my childhood right there. Super cool. I, it literally like if you if you get one in the future, you'd be like, oh yep, yeah, this is it. And you know, I I only got the first 
issue that the last issue was my first one i only got it because you know they were awesome and supported the switch collector and put us on the back cover as a and we didn't expect that but put us on the back cover like i was like hell yeah like you got me as a supporter now you guys did that with like just because you love the switch i was like that's amazing and it's just when they're passionate i get excited and i'll I'll support them to the ends of the earth You know, it's interesting to uh, just to this this type of support, because if you look at the the dark days of Nintendo, the Wii U, it was pretty much just Nintendo diehards. We we loved it, we played it, mm-hmm. we talked about it yeah. when there was stuff to talk about. But that was it. Now it's like it's almost like an eruption. It's almost like being back in the '80s when everyone's talking about Nintendo. Every Nintendo was a cool kid again, uh, or the early '90s, Super Nintendo. Oh man, I, he's talking I about feel Nintendo. like we're in Super Nintendo era. <laughs> I do, yeah. Because like I love it; it's cool. Everybody likes it. But then you got the cool rad Sega Genesis collection, like your your uh, PS4 collectors. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're the cool guys. And then you got your TurboGrafx 16. That's the Xbox. <laughs> it's like you got a few people have that. A few kids have that. <laughs> but nowadays, like we all can get like every system because it's just how the world is now, which is crazy to me. We're adults. Yeah. <laughs> But like, and priority toward media is not frowned upon like it used to be. Like owning movies and stuff was a luxury back in the day before the internet. Now it's like, you know, just commonplace. Everybody yeah. has collections of stuff, which is great. You know, it, I think it opens the door. It allows people to to have that dialogue. You know, the whole console war bullcrap was really just marketing. You know, starting back with like the Atari and the television and stuff like that. But when you were a kid, you could only afford one system. Your parents yeah. were like, this is your system. So you had a champion it. Nowadays, you know, we could have it all. Like, there's no reason to attack one system or another. Mm-mm. Just get them all and play what you like. <laughs> yeah, except for that PC Master Race. Oh, well, that's elitism. We're yeah, talk about you that. elitists. No. <laughs> it's all good. Like, like, my computer to run in design, which is what I use for my books, like, for the industry standard, like, it has to be pretty powerful. I can run games. I just don't. I play Doom. <laughs> like that's like that's about it. I don't play a whole lot. <clears throat> I play one PC game. That's it. Everything. It's, yeah. it's. I don't want digital. I want physical and own it. Exactly. That's just it, man. Um. So speaking of a, a good segue to Switch Collector. Um. <laughs> I've been I've been working on it and I, on on the book and and working on getting everything ready. Um. Did send out all of the surveys. Um. Still waiting on a few people to get back to me. But it looks like we're going to have a lot of people that want the slipcase to the point where we hit the final stretch goal um, that was attainable, which was Japanese-only non-English games are going to be included in the book. Not an interest to me, but an interest to a lot of people. Um, So, yesterday, because JP, you know, canceled on me again, um, (laughs) um, I was working on the spreads. And I had awesome looking, great spread for the. There's only a twelve games for the first year that were not released in other regions. Um, that are that you can't understand English. So it's not just Japanese only. Like there's a German game as well. Um, German game show game. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like something Den Schlag Schlagen there, <laughs> like something like that. Um, it's a game show though. And but anyways, I was going through it. It looks awesome. And then it was getting to be about midnight yesterday, and then it crashed. Oh, no. And I've been saving. And so I opened it back up. It reverted back to the day before. 
<gasps> I'm looking at it, I'm like, what the hell? How did it do? So, yeah, luckily I um already was able to get the, um, you know, already had the imagery I wanted to use, all that stuff already queued up. So, um, today when I went through it, I was able to quickly recreate, and so now all I gotta do is refine some stuff. There's not gonna be any text in that section because I am not going to play all of those Japanese games to write about the nuances that I can't understand. Um, like Nobunaga, there's two Nobunaga games. There's a bunch of Dynasty Warrior and Samurai Warrior games and stuff like that. At least those are playable. Like you, yeah. you just hack, you know, hack and slash. Yeah, but, yeah. but there's a whole Maybe. story piece with an upgrade system that you won't be able to understand further progression in those games so it's like it's kind of frustrating um there's a lot of there's a couple jockey games there's a mario kart style or not mario kart mario party style game um some really looking anime looking game a little weird one it's awesome like (laughs) but um but yeah that's a whole section now um that's it's it's a short section because it's only 12 games but as i told jp if we add it it's going into the next volume. Like we're not going to have it, anything missing that's in the first volume in the second volume. It has to all move forward and consistency. Just, yeah, and I'm OCD. It has to be the same. Um, and that's the other thing is like I was like, if we write freaking four freaking page reviews on every game, we got to do a million pages for volume two. So, um, but I was able to do some upgrades. People will be getting their stuff soon. Um. I do need to wrap things up. I'm assuming you need to eat as well. Um, <laughs> we both got dinner coming up. And I think my wife just sent me a snotty text, which is hilarious. <laughs> She's like, stop gabbing. Dinner's ready. <laughs> stop. You're talking like a teenage girl. Stop it. Stop your gabbing. <laughs> like, she's so funny. That's why I wanted to record now, though, because I'm like, yes, now we can go and have like a little, <laughs> little, since you like Final Fantasy. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was it was good having you on, Barry. Uh, let's wrap things up. We were a little over an hour. Um, <laughs> but nothing wrong with that. We're having fun, right? Oh, always. Um, so where can people find you at? Uh, yeah, so uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. Uh, you could also find me at NintendoFuse.com and our YouTube, which is at NintendoFuse, where, again, we, we do our own podcasts and we have, like I said, industry talks where I sit down with uh, different industry professionals and we have game chats and a bunch of other videos and content on there. And uh, we could also look us up there on, on Facebook uh, at NintendoFuse. And we also have a Discord. We have a NintendoFuse Discord. So if anyone's interested, we do actually have developers in there including chris the uh from battle princess madeline uh we have some publishers and stuff like that it's it's pretty much a a discord for gamers uh by gamers for gamers with developers publishers uh youtubers the whole nine yards it's it's a it's pretty much a discord for everybody just to talk games because we love games nice um so what game do you want to play on the playcast in the future (sighs) So oh. people going because we didn't. We always do that at the end of the review. Um, we didn't really like. I try to. I try to keep JP away from grading games because I like to just say how we like it, and people can make <laughs> their own decision. But what games should we should we do in the future? Well, like I said, my my next plan is is new Super Lucky Tail, and I'm hoping to to get that wrapped up before pokemon of course that's next week there's so many games yeah. um i've also been doing like uh, ukulele and the impossible uh lair let's which do is, that 
which is great. Let's have do you, have you done that? Lately. I, I oh, have been I, playing it. I got a few worlds done, and it would be cool to to make myself play more because that's the idea of the playcast is to make us play games. So there you go. You're already planning Super Lucky Sale. Now throw in and finish up, polish up some ukulele in the possible lair. Sounds go, great to me. There you go, everybody. Um, so to find me, um, HagensAlley.com is the website where this playcast is at as long as my bookstore. Um, SwitchOpedia.com will go directly to the Switch Collector Volume 1 so people can still pre-order it. Um, as we're continuing to work on it, People, more and more people will undoubtedly find it and, and pre-order. I get pre-orders all the time. Um, also, my Ring Fit adventure is still going on um i play it every couple days i i jump on it and i am up to 25 is not the max i'm at level 27 now for resistance which is insane and it is about where i'm at for a max and i i work out all the time too so like for my main job so it's getting to be a challenge i'm in world three now though in ring fit adventure so I will continue to update everybody on my fitness level as I continue to do these deltoid things. You're just pressing in and out right now. I don't have anything like unlocked. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's awesome though. It's a it's a good workout. Like just not cardio, but like for actual like the the ring. It's it's surprising. It's really cool. Um, yeah, my wife loves it. <laughs> I I want to hopefully play it next year just haven't had time yeah i mean i just literally when i get some time in the morning or something right before i i go to work like in between waking up super early in the morning i have like breakfast time and i do intermittent fasting where i'm not eating till lunch right now so i just drink coffee so i do a little bit of that before i go to work now it's like because you can play it in like short stints so it's knocking out a, a quick workout um but anyways uh thanks for coming on appreciate it the honor is all mine thank you for having me um i think we gelled pretty well we'll let uh everybody decide on the uh the cast i don't think anybody played sydney hunter so maybe it will be ukulele maybe you'll be on next who knows (laughs) who knows i'm looking forward to it yeah um but i do i do know one of the other one of the youtubers that responded also said he was playing some luigi's mansion and i definitely have been playing i just that. finished that today actually <laughs> oh i need to finish that up too damn i'm i'm uh pretty f- like halfway through i want to say maybe it, uh, it's, it's awesome. an ex- it's a great experience so but a little let down by the bonuses for getting all the booze and the the oh, gems oh don't spoil it yet but <laughs> it's, yeah maybe yeah well, we'll don't see. go crazy yeah. <laughs> that's all i'll say don't go crazy oh. you're not gonna get like super invincible power up or anything been, like that i've been enjoying myself so far with it and it's been super cool um take your time it's an experience it's one of those again it's an I experience I'm, i think i'm taking this one in like you took in Link's awakening <laughs> it it's one of those that just when you think you're getting to a certain point if it, it kind of throws you a, a, a like a for a loop kind of deal like cool. it's not just oh i'm gonna go you know eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen four etc like it's, there's it's some backtracking and cool i like i like that in, in luigi's mansion because that's the standard for that type of game it's i'm i'm expecting it and i never did beat dark moon on the 3ds so this will be cool i i mastered the first one though, of course like everybody did. first one was fantastic so good so yeah It'll be um that'll be a good one though so maybe we'll do a little bit of Luigi's Mansion sometime too um maybe in the near near future who knows but everybody should be playing some Luigi's Mansion some ukulele in the possible lair and Sydney Hunter 
<laughs> I was like, that's only three games, right? That's that's easy. only three. That's only easy three. enough. And that's only for the playcast. Then you got your other stuff. Welcome to Switch Mania, everyone. <laughs> that's a reason. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming out, Barry. We will see you again soon. Have a great night. Tell me that the egg was the center And that I meant to gather all the instruments Conquer every dungeon that I'm daring to enter Not defeating Ganon, no there ain't no Zelda in this Listen to my story as I awaken the wind fish Slashing the cutting down foes Combining my weapons and go Bombs are all ready to blow This is all stuff you should know Bossing down the doors This Hyrulean is breaking in Another journey, welcome to my awakening Ben Shula from Nerd Out. We hope you liked our new song for Zelda Link's Awakening. If you did, be sure to click that like button. If you're new, be sure to subscribe. And a huge shout out to our good friend Rustage for jumping on this track with us. His link will be in the description below. As always, the song will be on iTunes and Spotify. We'll see you next week.